the rock play where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today we're talking about the outdoor-themed ad that got the attention of everyone. It came out just before Thanksgiving, and I'm, of course, talking about Snoop Dogg giving up smoke for Solo Stove's smokeless fire pit, the ad that came out just before Thanksgiving. And joining me on the rock fight to talk about how the ad came together and what it means or should mean for the way outdoor brands advertise is one of the architects of the campaign, Chris Dickey. Chris is the founder and owner of Purple Orange, which is a digital communications agency. Purple Orange managed the back-end engagement on the campaign for Solo Stove, so when measuring the impact of the ad and evaluating how an ad like this can influence the outdoor industry, Chris and his team are who you want to be talking to. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to be here. That's good to see you again. You and I met, we were doing a little, you were doing PR for ProBar about 13 years ago, 12 years ago. When was that? Oh like gosh. 2011? It, it, yes. Um, so long ago. <laughs> I, I remember that conversation. I remember, I think you were instrumental in helping us get that contract. So I, I still owe you for that one. I don't know. If I, if, do you owe me for that one? <laughs> You're working with Snoop yes, Dogg now. Yes. Like. <laughs> yeah, because everything rolls into the next thing. You know, it's like, you know, you, you, you need the first thing to get to the next step. Well, getting into why we're chatting today. So I initially missed the teaser that everyone freaked out about. My wife and kids saw it. The just sort of, you know, the teaser that got rolled where it was just Snoop really? going, hey, I'm giving up smoke. And, it, and like everybody freaked out. Like, what does this mean? And then, uh, then the ad came out. And I saw the full 30-second spot after it was released online. As it's happening, where everyone was sort of like, what is happening? How is this? What is going on? And then the ad was great, and it goes over huge, and it's you know dominating not just outdoor social media and outdoor media in general, but kind of everywhere. Uh, I know you and the Purple Orange team participated on this project primarily on the media side and messaging side of things. But, you know, a project like this, every role has weight. So let's start with, you know, how did the project even come together? I, you know, Solar Stove is a, is a company, um, they're public, um, they're, they're a small cap company, but um, they're starting to, they're starting to, be, to become a pretty household name out there. Um, and they're constantly thinking to themselves, how do we grow the pie? You know, it's like we already, in terms of the pie that exists today, we own a, a pretty good chunk of it. But how do we grow that pie? Um, and, and so they just recognize they need to kind of get outside of the box. They need to reach new audiences. Um, they started kind of really experimenting with stuff. They're, they're very opportunistic, very opportunistic company. Um, this stuff wasn't planned like nine months in advance. Like a lot of, I think big agency, um, activations are, this Mm. came together pretty last minute. I think, I think the initial idea was floated sometime in September. Um, and that's the first time it kind of came on our radar. We talked about a little bit about how this might go down and, and how PR would, pay, would play a big role. Um, and then the trail. Are, are you they your client or Solo Stove your client normally or were you just brought in specifically for this project? They're our client. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're so we're agency of record with them on um, a few different things. We do all of their influencer work. We do all of their affiliate work. And we do all of their PR work. But, th- but this came from an ad agency that was trying to work with Solo Stove and, and they Solo Stove was like, hey, pitch us and, and, and see what happens. And they kind of threw a lot of different ideas out there. Um, Solo Stove sent them back. They, they brought some new ones out. One of the ones was Snoop. And they're like, how would this actually work? Let's talk to our agency, our, our PR agency about it. And so we kind of came to the table. Um, and then 
I think the big thing that was challenging was honestly just getting Snoop to sign uh, a contract. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that sounds like that would be the, the biggest, the hardest you know, part. It of was this. like everyone, everyone was on board, and this would be really fun. Um, we we felt like it would have potential to go very viral and and be be really special, and we wanted to time it right before the holidays. Um, but then there was a real concern that we wouldn't get it done in time, and that we were like, man, mm. well. Um, maybe this has happened. This has to be a Super Bowl commercial or something. You know, we, we this just we might not get to the finish line and have enough time to kind of to uh, produce the assets to make this thing work. Um, and so then it, it surfaced again in it kind of trailed off and then it surfaced again in, in early November, if you can believe it. And they're like, I think this is happening. And I and, and the word is is that Snoop didn't actually sign the contract until ten days before um the whole thing went down so we had 10 days to produce all the content and when i say we i meant solo stove and the greater team so ten, 10 days before the it was scheduled to launch the ad was scheduled to launch yes yeah 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 10 oh days God. 10 days before he dropped that now infamous post that he's quitting smoke um across his social channels that reach you know around 130 million people um, and so we know this is the moment and we, we really can't let it slide because there was a very tight timeline. This thing needed to, to like drop before black Friday. So, right. um, this dropped on November 16th, which I believe was a Thursday. Um, by the time Friday hit, it was, we, we, we gave it the weekend to kind of marinate. And then we went, then we went live with it kind of what, what we characterized as the reveal on, on Monday, um, the 20th and, and, and then black and then third, then that, that week was Thanksgiving week. So it was kind of like, how do we, how do we tee up Silasov in a major top of funnel way right in front of We're trying of to picture like black all Friday. your other clients being like, Hey, well, we need to talk to you. And you're like, yeah, not right now. I'll, do, I'll get back to you. <laughs> we're, we're, we got it's Snoop a, on the other line. Dude, I'll tell you, I worked, I worked <laughs> two straight weekends. I did not take a day off. Um, and, but you know what? It all, it, it came together beautifully. It was, it was high stakes. Um, it was one of those things where did you get to go to the shoot? No, we were not invited to the shoot. Um, Ugh. we, we were involved with like, like the messaging and the actual, kind of what was going to be said in the Instagram post and, and how we were going to manage it as, as questions rolled in. Cause inevitably yeah. like everyone's going oh, to yeah. call his, like his, like his promotion agency and say, Hey, what's going on with Snoop? Um, and can we get Snoop to come on our podcast and talk about it sort of thing? Um, and it was, it was all kind of teed up to say, Hey, like Snoop needs some time right now. He's just, he's, he's thinking <laughs> a lot. He's, he's, he's got a lot on his mind. And then we were really concerned. He he had um, a big live performance that went that was on um, Amazon Prime. Funny enough, like mm -hmm. that weekend, and we were all concerned that he was going to smoke up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to get all the uh, the TikToks like he didn't quit smoke. Look, check it out. We actually had a bit of a crisis communications meeting about him. Like, okay, so okay, so he's he's going live in front of Amazon Prime, you know, tomorrow morning uh, or like tomorrow evening, and. Uh, what happens if he lights up on stage and we're like, oh. <laughs> that's um, amazing. Yeah. And then there was just a, a lot of opportunity for someone to, someone to leak that um, this was a promotion and it wasn't, it wasn't legit. Um, Cause we are, we, we were, of course, for something like this, we want the authentic reaction and shock value that comes from the most prolific smoker in the world <laughs> saying that he's giving up smoke. Um, right. And you know, and we got that. Um, and, and funny enough, so this, this dropped on a Thursday 
And then by Friday morning, um, Snoop's publicist called up Solo Stove and they were kind of spooked because they, they were like, this thing has gone bigger than we possibly could have imagined. We, we knew it would be a big deal, but it's a really big deal right now. We, we, like, we want to go live tomorrow. Like, like we want to do the reveal tomorrow. Fortunately, um, and then, so, and then Solo Stuff called us up and was like, what do, you, what do you think about going live tomorrow? And we're like, don't do it. Like, you've signed the contract. <laughs> yeah, like, right. they are contractually have to abide by this. Like, we want the, 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 the full virality of this thing to play out for the next, like, four or five days. Hell yeah. And if we cut it short, it's not going to reach as many people. So let it, like, refuse to do it. We'll do, we'll do first thing Monday morning. Um, we'll move that up a little bit. But, you know, let it, let it sink in over the course of the weekend. And we're really glad we did. Um, NPR Morning Edition picked it up and talked about it nationally on on, on NPR. The, the 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 Associated Press picked it up and it was on and they and they did a, and it was on every nightly news station from like coast to coast and it had every newspaper. Um, and you know Forbes and, and this is where I started getting a little bit intense was that Snoop was in, there were other people that were so motivated by Snoop they were also giving up you know their 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 own mark like, oh my like god addictions I guess you could say like fans fans are like all right and other, I'm and other quit celebrities now. like there was other celebrities that went that that posted like hey Snoop's a real inspiration I'm gonna give up my marijuana too um, <laughs> and that's where we're like oh oh shoot like <laughs> you're like DMing them like dude it's a it's a fucking fire pit like just you know. It's like, <laughs> And then, and then the funniest one was that Forbes wrote an article: "What corporate executives can learn from 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 Snoop Dogg, you know, and like and like and like, like his, from him giving up smoke, yes, 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 like like his candor about Forbes? this subject. And so, yeah, there was certainly some some people out there that that got burned, but I think by and large, um, come Monday morning when we when we did when we dropped." Um, the formal press release. And we also did some like kind of behind the scenes media work during that, during that kind of long weekend. Um, so mm-hmm. that we had a lot of media drop very like literally like two minutes after he made the announcement on social channels that he was going smokeless with solo stove, there was like media ready to go, you know? And so, um, and we had to be really careful about that. Cause like we, we there was certainly a whole lot of folks in, especially like kind of the whole celebrity and gossip, um, flywheel yeah, sure. and um and, and also anyone in the news cycle um that would have loved to blow in the cover on this thing but we kind of reached out to folks that were more on the commerce and product side and we and then like we te- and we teed it up with you know from an affiliate perspective and we did like a limited edition snoop dog fire pit and um had that out there the second that this whole thing was revealed so did you like so your team I mean, you knew this was going to be big. I mean, because it's Snoop Dogg, and it's if you're typically <laughs> operating more like the, I mean, you know, I mean, the active sports space. Was there any sort of were people kind of chomping their nails in your office as this was all unfolding, and like Forbes is putting out potentially like not damaging, but sort of embarrassing articles about this? You know what I mean? There was, there was definitely like a lot of giggling, you know, as like this thing went down, <laughs> and everybody's social feeds just started to explode. Like it was, it was almost instantaneous. Like Snoop announced right. this thing within 45 minutes, our, our social feeds were all exploding. Um, and nobody had any idea that we were involved in it. Um, but no, That's so cool, man. <laughs> when did we, I, I, they, they recognized that we, we counted just, just in North America, about 5 mm-hmm. billion media impressions that in a, in about a six day period impressions are what they are. They're, it's not really necessarily reached, but it shows 
it shows the depth of coverage and in how big it, how the size of publications that picked this up. Like Bloomberg picked it up, and um, we saw this, you know, on the on the on Wall Street Journal and things. I'm trying to think about it. I think there we we saw something like 1.2 million um, reposts and or engagements um, of of this like on social channels, and it, and when you kind of think about. The 1.2 million people sharing something about Snoop Dogg going smokeless. And this was combined before and after the reveal. I was going to say, how much of that was the teaser versus the reveal? I don't know if I have that broken out, but it was most of it's the teaser. Um, Yeah, right. And and then if you think about the the reach of those 1.2 million reposts or like mentions in, in social channels, the reach was over a trillion. Like, it's something insane. Like, so, and literally, I mean, like, like my mother-in-law, who's in her 70s <laughs> and lives in Florida, heard about this. You know, like, um, my brother, who is a physician and doesn't connect, isn't connected to any social channels, heard about this. And so it really did fully saturate, like, pop culture in a way that I just yeah. haven't seen anything happen like that ever really that that's well, definitely it's, not my professional life it's impressive i mean 2023 i mean we did a we did an episode on halloween justin hausman and i where we, we broke down uh, the blair witch project just because we wanted to do an outdoor movie review which what i consider to be the greatest outdoor movie of all time the, the thing that we talk about that the reason why that movie is so effective I, which i still find to be a very effective film but the the time it came out mm-hmm. and the virality of it and we didn't know if it was real or not and those kinds of things you it's next to impossible to do that, I mean, I was reading the book about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the lengths they would go to to keep scripts under lock and never handing out a full script to anybody because of how easy it is for information to spread in the modern age. I mean, that's the fact that you even even with Snoop Dogg's people being like, we want to move this up and do it sooner. And you're like, nope, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're riding this out, baby. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. But we didn't want to write it for too long either because we knew that it would it right. would naturally trail off um, and it would kind of sure, settle. Right. And we didn't want the dust to fully settle on it. Um, so I, yeah. I actually looking back on it, I'm like, no, that was that was ideal. Like everything kind of all the hammers dropped perfectly in synchrony. Do you think there's anyone out there who didn't see the reveal and just are still stuck on the teaser? They're like, oh my, no, Snoop doesn't smoke anymore, guys. No, well, here's 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 the fun part is that like the initial prank was just so good and like we had the NPRs and like the Associated Presses cover this thing that they were they were basically forced to to like issue an update to the story as like legitimate news outlets. NPR had to come back on on Monday. I think it was actually Tuesday, the following Tuesday morning after the Monday thing happened. I said, remember how we talked about Snoop Dogg last week giving up smoke? Apparently he didn't. Like, old dogs don't learn... Old dogs don't learn new tricks. You, you made thing. NPR for you, send a retraction. Right. That's amazing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they and and then same thing with like Associated Press. Basically, picked up our press release and circulated it. This is where you just close Purple Orange. You like drop the mic. Like, okay, guys, it's not going to get better than this. All right, you know. <laughs> no, I I definitely told my team. I'm like, you know what? Like, you guys are exhausted right now, and I I fully am empathetic to how hard you've been working. But pinch yourselves because this is not yeah. going to happen again, you know. Right, and, and right. you know, people are like, "Oh, how do we do Snoop Doggy?" I'm like, "You don't, you, you don't. don't. It like, happens once <laughs> ever." And like, it's there's a lot to learn from it, and there's a lot to learn from like how you can kind of maybe engineer something else. But that scale yeah. and like Snoop has built his brand for like what thirty plus years. Oh yeah, um, yeah. he's a tremendous 
he was a he was a he was a tremendous protagonist for this story because I think he has like a lot of legitimacy. Um, he's not seen as being as like a sellout. He's just fun. He's family friendly at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody loves him across the kind of the political spectrum, um, and he's the only guy who who could who could get away with this. And yeah, seriously, and he put his yeah. own equity on the table. Like he's built, you know, his own brand equity around smoke and and all this stuff, and it for 30 years and we blew it up. He let us blow it up, you know? Yeah. Um, so he, no, I think we said before we hit record, like who's, I mean, who's like infallible at this point. It's like Taylor Swift and Snoop, like who else? Like name, <laughs> you mentioned Dolly Parton. I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, it's yeah. not like in this, the, they're the last kind of old school celebrities where we all care about what they do and everybody loves them. Right. Yeah. And they, and they haven't been embroiled in any big scandals or like they haven't, you know, it's like just, they haven't done anything super weird that have like, you know, it's not like Tom Cruise or like yeah. something. You have know? <laughs> to feel guilty about watching his movies, you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to talk about is just kind of how this relates to the, you know, what outdoor brands can learn from something like this. Right. Cause you know, to the sort of, to the core human powered outdoor enthusiasts, which is what we talk mostly about on this show. I mean, Solo Stove is a little more outdoor adjacent, obviously as a brand, it's much larger than probably a lot of outdoor brands, but in terms of you know, the, the brands that tend to drive the category, the human powered category, it's, you know, the apparel footwear gear brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Solo yeah. Soda is well positioned in our community. And I just see them as a great test case when it comes to outdoor messaging coming off of this campaign, because my observation, mm-hmm. and this goes back to my time working at a brand like Polar Tech and just sort of now sort of being you know, a civilian in the outdoor industry and, and observing this, it, there just seems to still be a reluctance to either speak to a wider audience or even use tactics that go against how outdoor brands view themselves when it, you know, when it comes to outdoor brands and products, I think, I think there's an over-reliance on the promotion of innovation and heritage that, you know, our brand will help you be adventurous as fuck out there. Like you should buy our stuff because, but anyway, so just kind of what, what do you think from your experience working with outdoor brands and in your experience on something like this, which I understand is a one of one, but still what can outdoor brands take away from something like this? It's a great question. I think, I think the biggest thing is, you know, that I've recognized across my years in the, in the outdoor industry is that it, Brands are always overly concerned about alienating their core user. It's 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 something that they're like, oh, if we do this, people aren't going to think that we're authentic, sort of thing. And I'm like, just get over yourselves. Like, number one, like be an adult here. Like, yeah. if you make great stuff, like you're not going to alienate your users by like going broader. You right. Know? Like, I think I think the way you alienate your users is by creating product that nobody wants anymore. Um, but if you keep the product at a high level and, and you're continuing to like innovate and your, your, your marketing is going bigger and, and, in a, in a way that like, you know, solo stove is definitely adjacent. I wouldn't characterize them as, as an outdoor company, although it's a backyard brand, you know, and I, and I, I think we're fairly like, we're fairly open about that. Like that, that's, that's the direction that their product development is headed just to not be afraid of like recognizing that there are a whole lot of different use cases and there's a whole lot of like fun ways that you can talk to new audiences and, and just stop being so darn worried about alienating your core, you know, seriously. The funny thing with that is that I, mean, I heard a lot of the same things when I was working at Polar Tech and I was sitting with brands and that drives me a little crazy one, because it's already happened. Um, you know, we, I used to, we always used to say like outdoor isn't what outdoor was like in the nineties when it was like, I'm outdoor, this is an identity, like, you know, anything that's done outside now is viewed as outdoor by young people. So if you're pro- yeah. feel like you have to protect something like a ship has sailed, you know what I mean? Like it is not, like I said, you know, if VF is multiple billions of dollars, you know, and owning 
Timberland, Smartwool, you know, the North Face, all these things. Mm-hmm. So it's, and they're not, they're not selling, you know, mountaineering clothing to all of those people to get that billions of dollars, right? These are no. huge consumer-based brands now. And, but, and, yeah. and I understand that you want to maintain that authenticity, but you're also saying the only way you would lose that authenticity is if you stop making anything that's for the core audience and you focus only on making like yeah. crappy little, like, you know, trinkets, you know, like that. It's like, oh, what yeah. happened to that no, brand? You, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, making a bunch of cheap fleeces, you know, yeah. and then stop making, you know, it's like, I think I actually have a lot of respect for North Face. Um, I think they've done a really good job. Another another company that I, I really respect um, is 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 Nike. Sure. Um, there is a brand that should be up there with Eddie Bauer in terms of like a legacy brand. They've been around since the 70s. Yeah. Nobody talks about them as a legacy brand. They don't talk about themselves as a, as a legacy brand. Um, they're constantly re imagining what the brand is and like their products are and they they're they're always speaking to the core audience um but they're not alienating anyone else by like having really fashionable sneakers in new york city you know and i think they they do really good job leaning into it all and just kind of being um and staying cool um and and activating with people who you wouldn't necessarily expect that's what they would activate with that's a really good one i I know in the last week or so there's been some they're having they're having some financial issues over there. They're going through some layoffs. Matt Powell's been reporting on some of the issues that are happening at Nike. But unlike maybe a month ago when I saw like, oh, Wolverine's having some problems. Like, oh, how's that going to play out? What's going to happen with those brands there? When I see, oh, Nike's run into some like business issues. I was like, ah, they'll, it's all right. They'll figure it out. I mean, it's not all right. I feel bad for anyone who loses their job or anything, anything like that, of course. Yeah. But in terms of the brand... Yeah. Like it's Nike, like Nike, yeah. it's fine. They'll, they will yeah. be fine. Tremendous brand. Yeah. And it's just a great way of constantly, um, reinventing themselves mm-hmm. and I think staying in front of design, um, and doing a lot of fun stuff, you know, I, I, that's, that's frankly it And they're And like, like they're not afraid of like alienating track runners. Yeah, right. like they own track. <laughs> It's your Nike. <laughs> like when they went into tennis, they're not worried about like alienating track runners. They're just like, they're able to kind of enter all these and then i think fashion is the one that i'm really impressed with nike mm-hmm. it's like they they sell like their their old air jordans for so much money and they 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 have this whole division of the company that's nothing but fashion um and it still doesn't alienate anybody in fact it makes the brand cooler so i think that's interesting I like because i th- also think about like uh and i gave them a bunch of grief earlier this year but like um you know the outside festival that got announced and it wasn't so much that outside wanted to have a big outdoor festival. I think that's, I, I think that's a cool idea. It's just the way it was again, leaning into that authenticity of the core, you know, using air quotes, outdoor market. And it's the announcements made by Robin Thurston there and his spandex, you know, cycling kit. And, you know, the soundtrack to some like acoustic guitar with like two people paddling a ducky down the river. And it's like, I, I would rather see Snoop Dogg. Like, I mean, like, why, why can't, like, you know, like outdoor enthusiasts <laughs> like popular music too. Like, get a cool celebrity to promote your thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not losing authenticity as an outdoor publication or media company. Like, bring in a heavy hitter that's going to have people watch that yeah. video and go, oh, yeah. shit, they got that person? Well, yes, sign me up. I'm going to sponsor this or I'm going to buy tickets or whatever it is. And I just think I keep seeing these missed opportunities for a what is inherently cool space in the outdoors to become even cooler with the mainstream. I think the messenger does matter. 
you know, um, I think like aligning yourself with the wrong spokespeople can be a pretty, pretty big mistake. Um, but finding the right people and finding the message that feels authentic and, and, and real and fun um, is always a great solution to do. And I, you know, and I guess I think with, with outdoor companies, it's like, North Face has done a really good job, you know, and I think in the outdoor industry, like in really core people may, might not see North Face as, a, as, 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 a, as that brand anymore, but I guarantee every executive in the outdoor industry is, is super um, envious of what they've been able to do. I, I agree. I think how, how they've been able to grow the pie. No, and I think that's, they were smart about how they brought products to market. They maintained the summit series. So they have like their, you know, their top of the mountain collection. Yeah. They, you know, they have the legendary climbing team, which has been around since you and I were basically kids, you know, and then yeah. I, you know, they have, they have Jimmy Chin and Cutter and Anchor. I mean, like, yeah. Everyone respects those Totally. Guys. And Alex Honnold. And I mean, like some of the most like yeah. just amazing yeah. athletes, but then they can also do a lot of fashion thing. That's why, honestly, like, and I know you said you didn't get a chance to check it out, but the, like the helicopter TikTok stunt, honestly, it's kind of felt a little beneath North Face, you know, like, and, and then they, they mm-hmm. definitely caught some flack, at least in the comments anyway, of like, well, what was the carbon footprint of taking that helicopter up to deliver a jacket to some, to a TikToker, <laughs> you know, and it's. You know, it was a weird way to say, hey, let's get our, let's big our, let's uh, engage with TikTok and let's do it with a helicopter ride up the side of a mountain for something that I I still question if it was authentic or not. So I don't know, that was a bit of a weird one because I agree with you. Generally speaking, I think the North Face for as big as they become has managed it really, really well, just like Patagonia has in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree. And they've, they both leaned into their own causes. You know, I think obviously Patagonia's is the environment. Um, North Face is, is like kind of underprivileged folks who are not, don't have the same access to the outdoors. Um, and I really appreciate that they're focused on that because not, not enough people are, um, and it, I, it also like dovetails their brand messaging is that we want to be for everybody. They're very inclusive. Um, like they kind of lean into the fact that inner city people are wearing their stuff. Um, and rather than saying, oh, we don't want to be for them, you know, right. um, they're not, they're definitely not doing that Abercrombie and Fish thing. So are there any opportunities that you see for outdoor brands or products and how they could not necessarily engage with pop culture figures like a, like Snoop Dogg, but sort of engage in like mainstream culture to find a bigger audience. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for every, every brand, it's going to be different. Right. Um, and like whether they're footwear or outerwear or they're, you know, hard goods. Um, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, it's just like, it's about, it's about taking a few risks and, and recognizing the importance of upper funnel. Um, and, and the importance of like building a brand, I think for young companies, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that sort of thing. Yeah. I think this is definitely like a more mature life cycle. A, a brand has to think about this. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to build affinity, you know, and that's, that's what ends up being your moat is the fact that you people who love you, it's not like someone's always going to be trying to eat your lunch or do something a little, a little bit more innovative than you or come in at a little, little bit better price point. But your moat is always going to be people who love you and they, and they, and they think that you're, doing something really, really cool. And they're willing to pay a little bit of a premium to buy your stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think Patagonia recognized that a long time ago. Um, it's like, they're done. They're not doing anything special with their clothing. Um, but they built a fantastic moat around their brand. All right, Chris, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. So cool to learn about how it actually happened. You know, and this is, this is basically, this is the outdoor story of the year, as far as I'm concerned. So I appreciate you coming on and, and giving us the inside scoop. Dude, so fun to connect and um, stoked to be on your podcast. Thank you. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. 
All right, that's the pod for today. Thanks to my guest, Chris Dickey. You can learn more about Purple Orange PR if you head to purpleorange.agency. I've also included links to see the Solo Stove Snoop Dogg collaboration in the show notes in case you spent Thanksgiving living under a rock and missed it. Want to send your thoughts on the ad or just reach out to the show in general? You can do so by sending an email to myrockfight at gmail.com. You can also find The Rock Fight on socials where we are at underscore rockfight underscore on TikTok, Instagram, and threads. Please follow the show wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an outdoor idea aimed at your head. And The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out is another pop culture icon, Krista Makes, with the Rock Fight fight song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight!